0: Truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. It's only by the blood of Jesus that we go through that veil. It's only by the blood of Jesus that we enter into God's presence. And it's only by the blood of Jesus that you can ultimately come into the kingdom of God and fulfill your purpose. We have to look at our transformation from a different lens. Well, here it is. It's week three of Purpose Series. I, Guys, I know I say this every week, but I am literally so excited to wrap this series up. I believe the next couple of episodes can be life-changing for many of us. I know it was for me in my own journey, learning what transformation looked like, learning what, how that leads to my purpose, all of that. Literally opened my eyes to a brand new, fresh perspective of the Holy Spirit and how He uses everything for our good. So I'm excited to get into it. Again, this is the episode three off the Purpose series. Last week, we broke down how the road to transformation directly connects us to our purpose. And in fact, it's actually the very road we need to be walking down. We talked about praying for open doors and God, Lord, bless my ministry and Lord, open doors for me to be used by you. And and I, I uh, we talked about how scripture actually shows us maybe we should be praying a little differently. Maybe we should be praying more uh, focused on our inner transformation and Lord, help us to be more like you. Help us to reflect you better in this world and in that journey of transformation, It that's the actual path that leads us to our purpose. But I want to go a little deeper into the topic of transformation today because I believe we can bring some clarity and correction to some misconceptions of what transformation is really all about. When you even think about the topic of transformation, changing behavior or living pure before God, some of our minds will jump straight to religion. Some of us probably had parents who disciplined us for listening to secular music or wearing the wrong clothes or dating before we were allowed to, and the idea of living a transformed life as a Christian can seem religious. Oh, here we go again, living pure before God, and uh, the church is trying to control my behavior, and immediately we shut down from the conversation. But transformation is way deeper than how we appear to the world, although it is exactly that as well. Let me explain. Transformation in our life does not mean we are somehow finding a way to reach a closer level of God's presence in our life because of our actions, although God's presence is most definitely the goal. We don't attain our purpose by good behavior. It's not just physical actions. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual condition or posture. And ultimately, it's being empowered by God's great revolutionary power through the cross to fulfill our vocation or our purpose, our task as new creations. A transformed life is not a testimony of a person's ability as much as it is a testimony of that person's response to the miraculous life-giving power they experienced when they were brought into the family of God. Actions and behavior definitely counts, but it's important to understand the source of our behavior and what the uh, the source of our behavior is rooted in. If our behavior is rooted in the love of Jesus— and is directly connected to his healing power flowing through us, then it will most definitely display the power and the goodness of God to others around us. But if our behavior is rooted in our own abilities and power and it's directly connected to our own desire to appear good before others, then all it's going to display is our own goodness. And that tank runs out pretty quickly. It's fair to say that none of us possess the ability to display the goodness of God very long when we are pulling from our own resources. But yet God designed us with this amazing ability to reflect His image and reflect His goodness to His creation surrounding us. So when our hearts and minds are focused on His power and on His Spirit, then we can naturally release His healing love and power through our actions, and therefore we fulfill our occupation, we fulfill our role as humans. That's the goal of transformation, to grow into a state of living that will allow us to fulfill our purpose and functions as humans. Yet for so many, the barrier in between their purpose and their transformation is deep-rooted pain, trauma, and dysfunction experienced in life and gained from either their own actions or actions against them. These barriers serve as hostile enemies against natural functions they were created with. I'll put it like this. When you look at the inhumane world around us, The evil, the wickedness, the dysfunction in this world, the root of all this evil that we see in the hearts of man is really found in the pain, in the trauma, and the dysfunction that has been experienced from within those hearts. This brings new meaning to the old saying, hurt people, hurt people. And so we can naturally see the importance of transformation because God's healing grace and love will correct and adjust the posture of his children's hearts by healing their trauma and dysfunction while empowering them to move free from any bondages or strongholds they obtained in their journey as broken people. Transformation is the most important element of a person living and walking out their purpose as a Christian. And unfortunately, it is one of the most overlooked and underappreciated topics that we find in the modern church. Blessing for our lives is a big topic. Missions to the world is a big topic. Service within the church is a big topic, but true inner healing and deliverance has seemed to take the back seat. And this is unfortunate because transformation really was the revolutionary force that flipped the world upside down and launched a new age transformed lives revealing God's transforming love to a world in desperate need of hope. This is why the Bible shows us the importance of trusting God and allowing His Spirit to lead and guide us throughout our lives. There are areas of hurt and dysfunction in your heart and your life that will stand and resist your own purpose in life. This is why so many people get frustrated because they try to move forward in their calling and walk out their assignment, but dysfunction or hurt from their past rises up and distorts their perspective and hinders them from fulfilling what God has called them to do. We need healing and transformation in order for us to live out what God has called us to live. You know, oftentimes in life, we may recognize that we need healing. We may even admit that we need help in certain areas and may even be praying for it. But so many times, without even knowing it, we reject the very circumstance or trial or struggle that God is wanting to use to bring our own inner healing. And therefore, we stop and resist the very thing we're praying for. We're praying for change, but we don't like the way God is going about it. God will bring about circumstances and trials for our own healing and transformation, but it is our response in those moments that determines the the success of his spiritual surgery. When someone goes into surgery that involves cutting tissue on the skin, they have to put them under powerful pain medication, but they don't necessarily go to sleep. But when someone goes into surgery that involves cutting into our organs, they put you into medically induced sleep to make sure that you don't move around or jerk around so that the surgeon can concentrate on the procedure and so that you don't get seriously injured in the process. Imagine how successful someone's surgery would be If they were squirming around in pain while the surgeon is using a razor-sharp scalpel to cut into their major organs, my gosh, it would be a disaster. Could you imagine it? Well, how often does our life seem like a disaster when we're going through a trial or a difficult circumstance? What if we are going through a trial that God is intending to use for our own healing and our response is like the person squirming around making it impossible for the surgeon to finish the procedure? What if God is wanting us to stay still, trust, and know that He is God and allow Him to have His perfect work and will in that moment in our lives? When you don't trust God through all circumstances in life, it's very likely that you will miss your healing moments. You may miss your opportunity to experience God's healing grace and love by moving out of alignment or stepping out into your own power and strength when you face a difficult circumstance and settle in your mind to solve it yourself, rather than staying still and trusting God and allowing the great physician to do his perfect work within you. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, God is faithful to finish what he has started in you, So do you trust him? Do you trust he is working in you and through you? At the moment you were born again, a great transforming work began and from that point forward, everything in your life is now being used by God to shape you and to form you and to transform you into the person God created you to be. This person is to resemble and display the culture of God's kingdom because that is the kingdom that the new creation was created for, the kingdom of God, the new heavens and earth that we read about in Revelation. That is why the New Testament tells us that God's ultimate purpose for your life is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Romans 8, 29 says, "...for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son." so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can now see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. We see in this scripture that Paul tells us it's as we see the Lord, we can reflect his glory and we are gradually being transformed into his image. Yet when we have trauma and dysfunction in our own minds and hearts, these rebel forces within us hinder and blind our ability to see God with clarity and therefore they hinder our ability to be transformed into his image. Guys, we need healing. We need transformation, and ultimately, we need to trust God throughout the process. There was a time in Jesus' ministry on earth that we see a moment of what it is like to be healed by the Lord through a circumstance. We get a front row view of this moment and it's so beautiful and accurate to how God moves in our own life. So I want to share this with you uh, because I believe how God moved in this moment is how he's moving so often in our lives and even at this very moment, possibly in yours. At this moment in the New Testament, Jesus had just been executed, brutally murdered for false accusations against him. Imagine this an innocent man was dragged away, was tortured, falsely convicted, and executed all in one day. Most all of his followers had abandoned him. Many of these followers were no doubt experiencing guilt and deep sorrow for having turned their backs on the very one who had revolutionized their world and revealed the kingdom of God to them. Yet, no one in that group of disciples was experiencing more pain or more emotional trauma than a man named Peter. Most of us know Peter as the overconfident disciple who always had an opinion to offer, always had something to say to Jesus, and he was assured of his devotion and passion for the kingdom of God. But today, Peter was singing a little bit different of a tune. He wasn't as confident as he had been prior to Jesus dying at the cross, not because Jesus had died, but because he had betrayed Jesus three times before he was killed. The man who had been so overly confident had turned his back on the Messiah and out of his own mouth, Peter denied that he had even knew him. What's worse is the very thing that Peter did to betray his Lord whom he loved was not done out of a lack of love or devotion. Peter loved Jesus. He was completely devoted to him. Let's not be so quick to judge Peter in this moment and look down upon him as if we ourselves aren't capable of the same mistake. Peter found himself gripped in fear and anxiety as he saw his Lord and Messiah being dragged away, beaten and bloody, moments away from being executed for for proclaiming the kingdom of God. The great betrayal of Peter's heart against Jesus was not done from calm and calculating motives, but rather rather it was done out of utter terror and fear for his own life. But this isn't the worst part about Peter's failure to remain loyal to Jesus. The worst part was that Jesus predicted this betrayal to Peter. And Peter, even in that prediction, denied that this could ever be a possibility, Let's read uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 through 35, and let's jump back to the setting. Jesus and his disciples are eating and celebrating the Passover meal. He looks up to them. It's a solemn moment. The Passover meal is a huge uh, moment for for the for the Israel. It's when they celebrate being rescued out of the Exodus, and it actually fits perfectly into the narrative because it's going to be the blood of the sinless Lamb of God, Jesus, who will rescue Israel out of their true slavery, which is sin. So uh, God is using this and setting Israel up to meet their Messiah. So here Jesus is with his disciples. They're eating the Passover meal. He looks up to them. In a solemn moment, he reveals to them that his time is near. He's going to have to lay down his life, and he assures them that they, they are going to abandon him in his greatest moment of need. Now, this was definitely a difficult statement for the disciples to hear from Jesus. I'm sure they weren't very certain with how they should respond. Imagine you being a disciple of Jesus and him looking up to you and saying, Hey, I'm going to lay down my life. The kingdom of God is coming and you, by the way, are going to betray me. That's kind of awkward. And you really don't know what to say to Jesus. But Peter, never lacking words, jumps out and says in verse 33, Even if all fall away on account of you, Lord, I never will. Jesus replied that, on this very night, Peter, before the rooster crows, you are going to disown me three times. Wow. Peter adamantly declares to Jesus, Lord, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Now, most of us know the story. Jesus would ultimately be betrayed by another disciple named Judas, who would lead a crowd of thugs working for the chief priests and elders. They come and arrest Jesus as he was praying to the Father. The disciples actually did scatter in fear, while some of them tried to remain on the outskirts to see what would come of their Messiah. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 69, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard And a servant girl came to him and said, you, weren't you also there with Jesus of Galilee? She said, but he denied it before the ball. Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there and the servant girl says, this fellow right here was with Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter denied it again with the oath, this time saying, I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Peter began to call down curses and swore to them, I do not know this man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Verse 75. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, You will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. Now, I want you to pause and reflect upon this verse where Peter remembers Jesus' statement to him and he goes outside and weeps bitterly. This is not just a couple tears streaming down from his eyes because he feels a little guilty. This is deep shame. This is utter and total abandonment of confidence in God. This is the type of shame and guilt that cuts to the very core of your soul. Can you imagine those moments? Can you imagine the time where you feel the most shame and guilt? I imagine that there was never a time before, nor was there ever a time again in Peter's life where he felt this much shame, guilt, And pain. This is not just a normal sin. This is a life altering moment for Peter. This is the type of emotional trauma that would forever change Peter from the inside. Now, most of us know the story. Jesus was eventually executed. The disciples all gathered together, afraid to leave their homes, not sure what to do. Jesus was gone. Yet all of a sudden, reports began coming up from people seeing Jesus alive and walking around town and appearing to the women who came to check in on them. And the disciples were not sure what they were to make of all of this. One night after a long and very unsuccessful attempt at fishing, Jesus had appeared to the disciples and told them to cast their nets on the other side of the boat. Unaware that this was Jesus telling them to do so, they cast their nets on the other side and ended up catching more fish than the nets could even hold. The disciples immediately knew that this strange man was their Lord Jesus, and they would excitedly drag the fish back in and set up a place to cook a meal for dinner. As everything was settling down, they sat and ate together. After the meal, Jesus addressed Peter, who is more than likely, I imagine, silent up to this point. Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. Instantly, anxiety and pain was creeping up in Peter's heart. How can he sit here and claim in front of everybody to love the Lord when he knew he had just denied him days before? But Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus replied, feed my lambs. A little later, Jesus asked Peter again, Peter, do you love me? Peter's a little confused and still anxious and answers again, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus would respond, feed my lambs. Not much later, Jesus asked Peter a third time, Peter, do you love me? The Bible says at this moment, Peter was hurt. Deep pain and guilt came flooding to the surface of Peter's heart. It was on the third time of him denying Jesus that his heart was broken, and he experienced no emotional trauma from betraying the one he loved the most. Now he was being asked a third time to express his loyalty to Jesus, Peter looked at Jesus with pain, shame, and tears in his eyes and said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus looked at Peter right in his eyes and restored him by saying, Feed my lambs. Something happened here in this moment that is so powerful. Peter was healed and restored to his original assignment by reliving a previous experience that had injured him. Jesus walking him through a familiar circumstance to draw up the pain and injury of his past so that he could heal that pain, transform his heart, and restore him back to his purpose. Peter's healing and transformation did not come about without first experiencing and reliving the very pain and dysfunction that caused shame in his life. If Peter was to move forward in his assignment as an apostle and church leader, spreading the gospel message without being healed of this pain, dysfunction, and bondage first, he would have this would have stood in the way of Peter's ability to fulfill his ultimate purpose— This shame and trauma that was living in Peter's heart, it had to go because it was resistant to the work of God in his own life. Jesus understood this, and he had to heal him of this. And just like Peter, you will experience circumstances in your own life that are meant to draw pain, shame, and dysfunction to the surface so that the Lord can heal and deliver you. So many times in our own lives, we resist the method God is using to heal us and therefore we miss out on our healing. By not trusting God through the process of our own transformation, we are like those who cannot sit still during our surgery and therefore the physician cannot complete his work. By not trusting God through the process of our own transformation, we will see circumstances as threats to our own well-being and we will reject them as methods being used by God to heal us. When we trust God, circumstances will come it will not be comfortable. They may even feel threatening, but our hearts are focused in on the Lord and He is able to accomplish and transform our lives as we sit still and trust Him. I want you to understand something. Unless you go through transformation, you will not fulfill your purpose. All throughout the New Testament, we learn that our transformation ultimately connects to our purpose. So many of us have been led to believe often that God is transforming us so that we can somehow reach a level of perfection that we are now finally acceptable to God. We can't think about it that way because the only acceptance we have for God is the blood of Jesus. Your transformation in this life is never gonna get you to that place where your behavior is all of a sudden at this level of acceptance where God has allowed you into his presence. It's only by the blood of Jesus that we go through that veil It's only by the blood of Jesus that we enter into God's presence And it's only by the blood of Jesus that you can ultimately come into the kingdom of God and fulfill your purpose We have to look at our transformation from a different lens We can't look at it from from a religious and self-righteous perspective We have to look at our transformation as leading us into our ultimate purpose in life the New Testament is constantly talk about God, talking about excuse me God transforming His people so they can live and think the kingdom way, so that they can think in a truly human way. Your ultimate purpose in life, whether it's ministry in the church or your business or an, being an author or whatever your role is, but your purpose for the kingdom requires you to think a certain way. It requires you to live and communicate to others in a way that reflects the culture of God kingdom. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 1 and 2, so then since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you had suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Anxious to do the will of God. How do we know the will of God? Romans twelve two says our mind must be renewed to understand God's will. Therefore, we need transformation. It's for our purpose. Peter goes on to say a few verses later, uh, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ all glory and power to him forever and ever amen first peter chapter 4 verse 10 and 11 the the bible says in ephesians 5 verse 15 to be very careful how you live not as unwise but wise and not to not be foolish but to understand what the Lord's will is. Again, our own transformation and change will open our eyes and show us how to live in what the Lord's will is for our life. Ephesians 4.1, Paul writes as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Verse 22 and 23, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I can keep going on and on about how much we are constantly being told to move forward in our own transformation so that we ultimately can fulfill and discover our purpose, but I want you to uh, go back to the setting. The moment Peter relived his pain was the moment Jesus healed him, and then he restored him and then revealed to him his purpose. This is a beautiful description of how God moves in your own life. He will walk you through a moment of pain for you to relive and experience where you were hurt. Then he will heal you. And from that moment of healing and restoration, he will restore you and enable you to discover your purpose. Oftentimes it's in our moments of transformation that God will reveal his plan and purpose for our lives He did with Peter Peter would go on to be one of the greatest early church leaders in Jerusalem Hence Jesus's statement to him to feed his lambs to feed his people the word of God Peter would go on to write a letter to the Jews who are being persecuted throughout the surrounding areas He would say so be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold though your faith is far more precious than gold so when your faith remains strong through many trials it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when jesus christ is revealed to the whole world Paul would understand this pain in his own ministry. He understood the purpose of his own transformation in life and going through pain and suffering. He would write a letter to the church in Rome where he would say in chapter 5, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. When's the last time we rejoiced in our problems and trials? Paul said, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Listen, guys, we all have a journey that we're going through in life. We all have been given certain gifts and talents to use for the kingdom. What are yours? What's your purpose in life? What's holding you back from seeing and receiving clearly from God? Are you currently walking through a circumstance or season where you are reliving pain and trauma from your past and maybe you don't quite understand why? Maybe God is trying to do a work in you. Maybe he's trying to heal and restore you so that he can launch you into your kingdom purpose. If you are struggling with understanding how to navigate life when it seems like it's falling apart, maybe you should adjust your prayers. Instead of praying for this to stop, try praying for God to show you what he is doing in you. Or pray and ask him to do his perfect work in you through the situation. This little shift to perspective can dramatically change what you receive out of some of the darkest moments. In life. We're going to wrap up the series on purpose next week in our final episode, but I want to leave you with this. Maybe you don't feel like you are being used to your best ability. Am I speaking to somebody right now? Maybe you feel like you should be doing more. I want to challenge you to begin to look at your life differently. Our purpose as Christians is not so much connected to what we can accomplish for God, as much as it is connected to how well we can reflect God to people around us. God isn't as concerned about how successful you are with your giftings as much as he is concerned with how accurately his kingdom and culture is being displayed in the way you live your life. Struggling and going through pain and dark moments can be really, really hard. I understand that. I go through it myself. Our emotions can weaken us. We, we can have so many moments where we are lost and we feel like we have no hope and we feel like we're not worthy of being used by God. But it's in the toughest moments of life that we can feel the most alone. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you don't sense God's presence in your life. Maybe you don't feel like he's really working in your life. Maybe you feel like you're just lost in the chaos of a broken world. But I want to encourage you. God has not left you. He is working in your life. His presence is in your surrounding area right now, whether it's your car or whether it's your home. His presence is with you right now. He has not left you. His goal is to heal you in all areas of your life. When you feel confused, frustrated, or even lost, Lift your eyes. Lift your heart to heaven. Open up your mind and focus on the Holy Spirit. Begin to thank God for what he has already done. And with your own words, tell Jesus that you trust him. Tell him that you love him. And you know that he is working all things together for your good. Instead of begging God to show you your purpose, begin to ask God to heal your heart and renew your mind so that you can see clearly what he is already speaking to you. And after this prayer, make a decision in in your mind to trust God no matter how he responds. And accept the circumstance in life as coming from him and being used by him for your own good because you have entrusted yourself to a loving father who will never let his children fall. I'm praying for you, and I believe that God is going to respond to so many of your prayers in amazing ways. Keep trusting God, keep seeking his presence, and by faith allow him to use the circumstance in your life to complete his perfect work in you. I know it's not easy, And I know the pain in our life can be very hard to navigate, but God is with you throughout it all. He is with you at this very moment, and he will give you the strength you need to finish the race and walk out your purpose in life. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarolnow. Have a great day. Until next time.